Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands-on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am bringing back Michelle Cooper to the show today. Um, We, as we're recording this, we're heading into the tax deadline, the IRS deadline for filing our annual tax return. By the time that you're hearing this, that will have been in the past for you, but it's going to come back around next year. (laughs) And so we're going to talk about um, just the whole experience of managing your taxes, filing your tax return. Michelle, you're not a CPA. I'm not a CPA either. But um, we, as we started to chat about this topic, I was like, this is actually, this is actually really good to share because this is a thing that I hadn't really thought about before. So just before we get started talking about that, um, if you will reintroduce yourself, you were on episode, gosh, I can't think of what it is. I'll, I'll go look for it while you're, while you're introducing yourself <laughs> for those that haven't heard that previous episode yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I am Michelle Cooper. Um, I live on the West coast of Canada, British Columbia, and I own Alchemy Accounting and Bookkeeping. Uh, we support entrepreneurs uh, throughout North America. So Canada, the United States, and some uh, expats who are from Canada, the United States live in South America or Mexico uh, as is becoming more and more common. Um, and, and what I, uh, really love to talk about is, uh, shifting the, uh, trajectory of your wealth. Oh my God, that's my dog. So I, I hope you didn't, I don't know if I don't even hear it. (laughs) Okay, good. So what I really love is uh, supporting entrepreneurs to shift the trajectory of their wealth through entrepreneurship and changing the relationship with money. And so this conversation around taxes and tax time or tax season, as some people like to call it, I think is an important conversation because it, it, um, it, it, it focuses in on the effects of the energetics um, that you are creating around your finances. So for anyone that missed it, your first episode on this podcast was episode 190. You can dive into this conversation with us today if you haven't heard that one. And you can go back and listen to that one later. There's lots of lots of wisdom <laughs> in that episode about um, the things that stand in our way when it comes to improving our financial health that we're not even aware of in most, most cases when we decide to become business owners. So I would recommend that episode to everyone, everyone, literally. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, So as I mentioned, we're going to focus on um, our taxes. What a, what a topic, right? Cause like even just saying our taxes, I'm already like, Uh, right. Like it feels gross. It does, but why, where did that come from? Okay. For me, that grossness comes from the story that I had for a very long time of not enoughness with money and with many things, even with food. Um, and so there, like, that's the, that's the background for me of like, when it would come time for a, a bill like this to be paid, I'd always be like, Oh, oh no, I don't even want to look at it because I'm afraid of how much I'm going to have to pay. 
Well, when I was younger, it was not really an issue because I didn't make very much money and I typically got a return on my taxes. And then there was this phase of, oh my gosh, I'm making more money and now I have to pay in at the end of the year. But but now I've come through like a different season and we'll talk more about this too, where it's not stressful because I'm managing things differently and I have better support. What are some of the things that you see? Like what are some of the the thought processes or the the patterns that you see come up in, around this season? Yeah, well, the first one, um, which you kind of just touched on a little bit, uh, is around the idea of um, like fear, how much am I going to owe, right? Um, and the idea, like like you said, when we're younger, we, we get a refund usually, right? And it's interesting when I'm, when, when I'm explaining to people um, the Canadian and, and U.S. tax system, very similar. Some slight differences, but pretty similar, right? And, you know, you, you, you go and get a job and tax is deducted from your paycheck and it's remitted for you. And, and um, at the end of the year, you file a tax return. And the tax return is basically there to reconcile how much you made versus what you contributed in tax. And, and if you get a refund you're actually like, that's money you have overpaid. That is, that is your money. It's not money the government is like gifting you, right? They aren't going, oh, hey, you were a really great person last year. Here's some money, right? You've actually over-contributed to the tax system. And that's something that is not taught to us mm -hmm. in school, right? And so, like, even as I'm doing my, my kids' tax returns because they've started working or they're in school or whatever it is, right? Um, and they're like, oh, did I get a refund? And my kids didn't get a refund this year, right? And they're like, why didn't I get a refund? You know, Jody got a refund. And I'm like, because you didn't actually pay any tax because you didn't work that much, right? Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of like the first, like... Uh, like um, thing that people don't understand is that you want to come out with as close to zero as possible on your tax return, right? Because why give the government money that you don't need to give them, right? Well, that's the that's like a whole rabbit hole itself, right? Like totally. no matter how you align politically, I think for the most part, we all don't want to give the government more money for them to spend irresponsibly or just to have more control. Yeah. 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 And it's money you can use to make your, make more money in your own life. Right. right. Um, I remember some years and years ago, uh, I was an assistant CFO for a large company and, um, and overseeing the payroll department. And uh, this this company had a, a, a big, it was a mill, they had a big like manual labor force with like a, a green line for wood and stuff like that. And the guys on the line, they'd come into the payroll office and they'd request extra money be taken off their paycheck. And, you know, I don't want to owe at the end of the year. I want $50 extra or $100. And I was always like, why are they giving the government extra money, right? Well, the th they didn't understand that if we were doing it properly, they would come out with zero and that's where they should be, right? 
when I talked to them about that, a lot of them were like, oh, well, this is kind of like a bonus. It's like a bonus savings. Well, that's different. If you know, right, and that's what you're counting on, then that's a little bit different, like to me, um, because you're actually being intentional to put money aside in a way that you'll get back at some point in the year. Um, but at the same time, why not put it aside in your own bank account? That's That was like, my thought. Like, why give it to the government to hold it for you? Yeah, like it's so... It, there's a thinking there, right? Um, which is interesting. So yeah. that's kind of like the first thing. And like I was saying to you, like before we hopped on this, probably the biggest um, piece of this whole time of the year, um, which I was sharing was like, oh my God, it's tax season. Oh, you like the amount of people that say to me, oh, you must be so stressed right now. Oh, I'm sure you're just so busy right now, Right. Yeah, sure. You know what? There's a lot of um, information flowing back and forth, right? With clients and my team preparing their returns and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I'm not, we don't want to be panicky, right? Like this isn't like um, this, this idea that's perpetuated that this is like some kind of panicky time of year where like, oh my God, accountants never go on holiday at this time. I think, I think that's, that is just unreasonable, right? Like, yeah, we should be, um, if we're managing our time correctly and we are doing our due diligence throughout the year, it's literally the, uh, like an hour process to feed the numbers into a return, and then, you know, a couple hours for review and stuff like that. Make sure you're not missing anything. And then you're done. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole, like, like you were saying, the drama triangle, right? Like, there's this drama triangle that sits at this time of the year that that pulls people in to this energy of um, panic, this frantic energy of impending doom. And that is not an empowered state of being for you and your money. And so what I always say to people is I like, I don't care if you come to work with us or not, but if that's the, the energy that your accountant is perpetuating, then you need to find a new provider because you don't need that fight or flight energy. You don't need that frantic energy around your money. Yep. And it's not that they're a bad person or anything like that. They got their own work to do, right? Mm-hmm. But like, if we think about it from the terms of like, I love the drama triangle, right? Like there's the victim, the bully and the rescuer. Where do you sit in it? Like if you're in drama, you're in one of those places, right? As is your accountant. And like we said, the IRS who's usually the bully. <laughs> right. The IRS, I think the IRS, the villain or the bully and your accountant. Yeah. The um perp- the the rescuer and you the victim, like the 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 drama triangle is a thing that shows up in a lot of relationships. If you're not familiar with it, you can Google it and find it. Um, it shows up in practically all relationships to some extent or another, and it's not where we really want to be. It's not healthy, mm-hmm. and and we tend to just like bounce around the, you know, the different points of the triangle being in the different roles, playing the different roles 
but in this scenario, yeah, you don't, you don't want to be the victim, but you also don't want to be the, the rescuer. You don't want to be the villain. You just want to be a sovereign person, a sovereign being separate from the drama, essentially get out of the drama. (laughs) I was thinking as you were talking about how accountants can perpetrate this, um, sense of, uh, well, they have to, they have to rescue you, you know, this sense of urgency and, and like mm-hmm. scariness that comes up around the tax season. I thought, you know what, if I was an accountant, <laughs> what I would do if I had the same brain I have right now is I would design my business and the way I work with my clients so that I could take vacation from like April 8th through the 15th. I would do it on purpose just to prove that we don't have to operate that way. It's so funny you say that because the last three years I have gone away and I have spoken at it at a really large um, personal development event in the middle or the end of March. So I've been away for a a week, sometimes two weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Right, like right at what some people will call a critical time. Right now, in the past, I have done tax returns. I don't do them anymore because I have team members who do them now. And people used to say to me, "Are you crazy? Like, how can you go? How can you leave your company at this time? You, how can you go off and do this? Like, it the, these events have been like like in Florida and stuff like that, places that are hot. I live somewhere that's super cold at this time of year. So the idea of going somewhere like Florida in March is like phenomenal. So I want to take like an extra week, right? And nothing, my world hasn't come crumbling down. My team are just fine. My business goes on. It all works out, right? everybody's work gets done like it it all happens and so it is like it's things like that where we can take a stand and say no i'm not going to participate in this energy anymore Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. so i'm going to do it differently well what let's talk about the consequences of participating in that energy because i mean we could we could say you don't want to or that you shouldn't or whatever but why would someone make that choice for themselves? We know you and I both know, like we don't want to participate in the drama triangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but for yeah. someone else that maybe doesn't, that the drama triangle doesn't resonate with, or like they're just not really clear on what that is. Why would they want to do this differently? Usually it's a habituated response. So they're used to being in this um, kind of panicky energy around money. They're used to feeling under pressure around money. There's not enough is there going to be enough? There's no clarity. Um, it's just uh, Joe Dispenza, if anybody doesn't know Joe Dispenza, I don't know who could not know him, but like he talks about um, how our body becomes and our brain becomes addicted mm-hmm. to thinking, right? Because there becomes a chemical reaction to a thought pattern, right? And it to me, it's as simple as that. Like they, I am always asking like, like when I'm talking with clients and they'll be, yeah, but you, Michelle, there's this. Yeah, but you, you don't understand. Yeah, but it's like, what's the payoff for you in holding on to this, right? Because you're arguing for your limitation. You're arguing for this, this suffering state that you're living in. So there's got to be some kind of payoff. And usually it's 
I, at least I know what this feels like, right? I don't know what it feels like to feel empowered around money. And so when we think about our brain, right, our brain doesn't like the unknown. It's mm -hmm. geared to keep us safe. And so the idea of the unknown is like, it'll do anything to keep you where you're at. And so it's like, no, well, at least we know what this feels like. At least we know how to handle it. At least we know, we understand this way of being, right? And it supports um, this kind of energy around this time or going through this process. If it feels um, like under pressure or um, panicky, um, it, it's almost like evidence that this is how it's supposed to be, right? So it becomes like proof. And it's, uh, like I said, it's kind of like evidence for your, for your limitation around money. And um, we're so great at our habitual response, right? Yeah. And so even if, um, you know, say you're getting like, you know, your, your accountant is like, hey, I need your stuff, I need your stuff, right? We can be, uh, our response could be to just pause and just breathe right be yeah. like yeah okay i'll get you my stuff no big deal right just changing how we react right from a from instead of like oh my god i gotta find these slips and i gotta find this stuff and like oh god where's all this th all these things they need um just be just that initial even that initial response of okay well i'm just gonna take a breath yeah I always say to my team, there's no accounting emergencies. Like there, no one's dying, right? Like no one's having a heart attack. It's not a 911 situation. Sure, there might be situations that require quicker response sometimes than others. But like to me, an emergency is you have to call the fire department, right? Like there's something that's going on that somebody needs to come and help right now. And that doesn't exist in accounting. Right. So we can we can remove the the idea that people need like that instant response that you have to jump into the reaction all the time. And and the great thing is if you react that way, right? Say you're like, okay, my accountant needs some stuff, you do some breath breathing and you're like okay well these are the things okay i got here's all the stuff and if you have your you know your stuff together throughout the year then it's not a matter of scrambling right, right. yes um you will contribute to shifting the energy of the person you're interacting with right even just in a slightly different way right well that's an interesting point I've been really practicing that this week as some things have happened where people have had requests. Uh, just last weekend was a holiday weekend. People, uh, people had requests of things from me over the weekend. And I was like, this is a holiday weekend and this is not urgent. Like I can reply to this on Monday. Um, <clears throat> but it was an experience for me of like, are they still going to like me? Are they still going to trust me right. um, if I don't reply to this right now? And so if for no other reason I, I set that boundary to 
demonstrate to myself that it's okay to set that boundary and to reply not on a holiday weekend. Um, yeah, as you were talking about, like if your accountant reaches out to you and, you know, tells you that they need some, some certain documentation and you feel like you've got to send it right away, you're, you're scrambling to find it. It, it made me think about and reflect on how I used to do my tax return for about five years. I did our tax return through, um, QuickBooks. Is it QuickBooks? Is yeah, it? it's like TurboTax or something like that. Yes, TurboTax. Thank you. Yeah. Online. So, uh, so I did this and, and I did it because my husband liked me to do it because it saved us money. Um, but I felt like more in control of like, what's the end result going to be? <laughs> right. And like, what is it going to say that we owe? <laughs> so um, I would spend usually like an entire weekend gathering up all the documents, entering in all the information. And it was a huge waste of my time. And it was honestly really stressful to even think about having to do that work and get it done. Um, But I did that for years because, uh, because I thought that it was somehow better than paying someone a couple hundred dollars to do our return for us. And then as my business grew and as I became more comfortable with money and just like, you know, just learning the lessons that we learn throughout those experiences, I, I hired a company that is like, they're, they're an accounting firm, but I can email them anytime with questions and they reply right away. Uh, Well, right away, meaning like usually within a day (laughs) and, um, they're, they understand my business. Like we're in contact, you know, usually a couple of times a month, not just when it's time for the annual tax return. Mm-hmm. This is like a whole different level of support and money management. And it's made a huge difference in the tax return season because there really wasn't a whole lot that I needed to do. Right. Like- <laughs> Like yeah. we, we have these systems in place that, you know, all throughout the year, if I, um, if my husband, for example, he works as a 1099 contractor during basketball season, he is an f- official for basketball. He, he goes to many different schools. So he's got like oodles of 1099 returns or um, documents from all these different places that he officiates at. And he has expenses associated with that work, like his uniforms and his whistles and his camp fees and registration fees. And we used to take that whole weekend to like scramble back through our um, stack of stuff in the basket underneath the table in the living room to figure out like, where are the receipts for all these things? And now our system is just really simple. It's like, okay, when you pay for something, email it to me, I upload it to a file and there it is. Yeah. It's just done. But I had to open my mind to a different way of doing things. And really, honestly, <laughs> setting a boundary and saying, I'm not available for this chaos anymore. I'm not available for this to be stressful anymore. Like, how can we do this better so that we can avoid the chaos and the stress? So what are some things that you um, 
that you, you either um, advise people to put in place or that you wish that people would put in place so that they can make that season easier or even just yeah. the whole year easier. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like it's, we have such great advancements in software, right? Mm -hmm. And I always, like, I'm not a super techie person, um, but I believe in using technology to our advantage. And for me, um, the like QuickBooks Online is, is a piece of phenomenal software because it's cloud-based. You can have multiple users in it, right? So you can add your accountant, your bookkeeper, yourself, maybe a team member, who knows, right? Um, and your accountant can get the information they need about your business directly from QuickBooks, right? They don't need to, you don't need to do anything then. That removes the whole step of you gathering information because they can go yeah. in and they can get the information. If there's something missing, they will figure it out and they will ask you, mm -hmm. right? Um, th that software also enables you to have an app on your phone where you can take a picture of a paper receipt. And so there's a record there, right? The IRS and CRA are accepting digital records now. And so it's all there in one place, right? They have a function where you can email your electronic receipts to QuickBooks, like to your accountant, and it'll, it'll be stored in there. Um, you can upload things like bank statements and other documentation, and it will be stored in your QuickBooks file. So everything is there in that one place. Nobody needs to scramble and look for stuff anymore, right? Yeah. So if there's one thing you're going to do, get something like I always recommend QuickBooks because it is it's a full suite bookkeeping um, software, but it has these additional capacities, right? There's other options like Zero or you know things like that, but um, that's the one that I is my go-to, and like make it easy on yourself, right? Like you know if you um, like you're doing, you know, where, where your husband has all these 1099s, uh, like you can literally take a picture of it and upload it to a Dropbox file or, you know, whatever it is, right? And just do it at the time. Yep. It's super easy, right? Um, often, like we create difficulty because that's what we believe about money or finances, right? We believe it's hard. We believe it's challenging. We believe we're not good at this stuff. We believe that um, I don't, I don't do math or, you know, I failed math in grade eight or whatever it is, right? Like we have these beliefs. And so we, we make it we reality and we, and we can create chaos. And then when we're in that energy of that, we actually get like we're magnetized to those people who also have that kind of energy. And so it's not surprising um, that um, you end up with a service provider like support that feels frantic or panicky or um, like somehow agitated, right? And then maybe you decide to do some work around this by reading a book or listening to a podcast like yours or working with a coach or something like that. And you start to shift your, what you believe and, and shift your energy. All of a sudden things become really staticky between you and that 
other person um, and it becomes even more difficult to work with them, right? It's just you're, you've kind of shifted a little bit and you need to find somebody else. Don't attach a meaning to it that isn't true, right? They're not a bad person. You're not a, you know, a bad person. Like, no, there's no right or wrong. It's just a, a change in uh, your relationship with money and the financial component of your business. Yeah, this is, this is, these are the kinds of things that I didn't know <laughs> when, you know, when I was like 22, 23. And, and the one thing I wanted more than anything else in the world was to just own my own business and be my own boss. I had no idea what I was really in for <laughs> in right? that journey. I, I just saw it as an opportunity to have freedom, you know, make my own schedule. Um, and, and I was, I was typically a really good employee actually, and also not at the same time, but mostly a really good employee because I had a really strong work ethic. So I would show up to work and I would like be the one doing all the things. Um, and I, and I would see ways to do things better and want to do that. But yeah, I had, I had no idea the, the doors that would open, but also like the, hmm, what's the word? It's like the, the lessons that I would get to learn about human behavior, psychology, the patterns that we have, all of the things that we talk about on this podcast (laughs) that, um, you know, I hope that it helps other people to, to be able to hear these things sooner than what I did. Yeah, I think um, entrepreneurship, like to me, entrepreneurship is so valuable because it uh, it's like the real life lessons of personal development. Like you can't be an entrepreneur and not um, ha- develop some self-awareness and some uh, uh, like education or knowledge about how you're showing up in the world or how you are creating these relationships with other people. Um, even information about yourself, right? You said like, you know, I was a good employee. I would show up, I would do the things, right? Um, me too. I was like, I was a phenomenal employee, right? Um, and at the same time, an awful employee, yeah. right? Because I would be super distracted, right? Because I would be like interested in something that wasn't anything to do with my job, but I wanted to know what was that, right? I remember one of the first jobs I had was in an architectural firm working in the accounting office and, and looking at analysis, like profitability of projects, like really large architectural projects. And I was so fascinated by these models they would build, right? And there was this guy who built these models, like renderings of buildings they were building. And I was so fascinated by this. And I remember um, one of the partners saying to me, like, you need to go back to your department. Like, you can't be over here. You're distracting the boys, right? Because I was like only like 21 or 22, right? And, um, you know, short skirts and all that kind of jazz. He was like, you're a distraction. Go back to the accounting department, right? I was like... But I want to understand these other parts of business, right? And that 
to me was like, um, now that I look back, it it's like that part of an entrepreneur, right? Because we can't just do one thing. We want to do all these things. Yeah, we want to fix all the problems. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And what an experience for you too. Um, you know, that's like such a stereotypical story, unfortunately, that yeah. like you're told to stop being distracting because you're young, you're cute, whatever it may be, right? The way you're dressed, your gender, <laughs> like yeah. all of these. And like, hmm, good thing you didn't. <laughs> right. Like it, it, you know, it's so funny because like I left that job shortly afterwards um, because I wanted to go off and travel. Um, and, uh, and I was like, like you people, I feel like you're living in the dark ages, right? Like this is crazy. And I want to go and explore the world. And they were like, Oh, you know, you're crazy. And I you know all of that kind of, it was like, whatever, but um yeah, I think as as a, so many entrepreneurs, they don't start off in entrepreneurship, right? Like you don't come out of high school usually and go into entrepreneurship or you don't come out of college or university and go into entrepreneurship. It's not the normal, like I don't want to say normal. It's not the um, majority like path, right? Yeah. Um, you go into some kind of job and then somehow something happens and you have an awareness like you did of I want to make my own schedule and have freedom and stuff like that. Um, but I wish, uh, I wish so much and I hope that entrepreneurship is taught more like in high school, in college and universities as a, as a, um, like a real thing that you can do. Not just like for the people who don't fit into this the cubicle or whatever, right? Like this is a real option for you because to me, entrepreneurship is the route to shifting um, your wealth trajectory, which affects future generations. Yep. And when we can do that, we can like we can change the landscape of our world. By doing that. Yeah. You know, coming back to the example of someone that was overpaying in taxes on purpose so that the government is holding a savings account for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, well, it's, it's cool to get that return. It feels good to like have that bonus, if you will. Um, but again, like where I am now, I would rather have the ability to, um, redisperse the wealth that I generate and the way yeah. that I see fit, not yeah. the government's way that they see fit. Totally. Right. Yeah. Which is your empowered relationship with money, mm-hmm. right? Like you stepped into a, a more empowered relationship with money, whereas that person is more like an, a victim kind of mm-hmm. relationship. Right. Yeah. And, and they're letting other people dictate their money. Um, and to me, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. Now we don't want to get caught short. Right. So I always tell people just take 10% of your revenue, like your revenue, not your profit, 10% of your revenue and put that aside, some kind of account off to the side, take it out of your operating cash flow, Um, and it will be close to enough. 
of what you need. It might be a little bit more, it might be a little bit less, depending on your personal tax situation, like your profile, it'll be very close if you do that. And, um, and that, that works, right? Like, just it definitely, that. it has worked like so much for me. I started doing that in 2017 and every week now for almost four years on Friday, I move money. Like I add up what has come in this week and I move 10% to the tax holding account. And so again, that's another strategy for me of like, deprogramming the fear around that that tax return time and is there going to be enough there's enough i don't i don't have to look at it and like you know count the pennies but it's going to be much easier if and when i have to pay an annual tax return <laughs> which is not a return <laughs> right yeah. um, and that's yeah. made a big, big difference yeah, and then when your tax bill does come, um, what I always suggest or invite people to do is uh, instead, you know, the typical reaction, oh, my God, <laughs> is it like this big bill? Oh, my God, can we lower it? Oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, trust? Like, review it. Absolutely, right? You want to look at the numbers. Do they make sense to you? Do you have any questions? Talk to your accountant about that. Um and um, trust that your service provider is looking out for you, right? That you that if you are in a relationship like you are with your money people, they are looking out for you. They are pulling in everything they need to pull in. Be at peace with that and express gratitude, right? And one of the best things that I love um, to do with clients is as they pay their tax bill, I actually say everything they're grateful for, that they have this money there to pay, that this money is going to help their country build roads or pay firemen or whatever it is, right? Um, that is going on in their community that this money is going to contribute to because um, that's what it goes to. Yeah, I know it goes to a whole bunch of people's pension and salaries and all this jazz, but that's, it really is how um, our democratic systems work, right? And we can have gratitude for that, right? Um, your contribution contributes to overall good. And I believe we live in a friendly universe where people are doing their best and that um, there's a lot of good out there that that uh, that people in our government and and places of power do, um, and sure, some people do things not great, but the majority um, provides for us, so we can have gratitude for that instead of complaining. I haven't filed my return yet. I haven't gotten like the final return from my accountant yet. Yeah. I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> I'm assuming that I'll need to pay something, even though we've been doing quarterly returns. Um, and yeah, that's one thing that like I haven't done. I always pay the bill and go, oh, well, at least I have the money. <laughs> so right. This yeah. year, I'm just going to put a smile on my face. I'm going to say thank you. Yeah. Like, cheers. 
this is awesome. I've got the money. I'm going to pay the bill. I'm so grateful. It Gratitude is this um, powerhouse of energy that shifts uh, um, our entire frequency or vibration, if, if you believe in that. Um, it just shifts our, it also shifts our focus, right? And by expressing gratitude for, for this situation, um, uh, you will see a difference. I promise you. Awesome. Michelle, it's so fun to talk with you. We can probably have a hundred more conversations about money and we would still have more to say. Yeah, I know, <laughs> um, right? People that want to learn more about you and what you do, where is the best place for them to go? Uh, well, they can check out our website, which is um, alchemyaccounting.ca. Uh, they can find me on Instagram at, under Michelle B. Cooper or um, on Facebook, Michelle Cooper um, and Alchemy Accounting. Awesome. Thank you again so much. Oh, thank you for having me. This topic is, uh, it kind of arose uh, really organically. And so I'm glad we could dive into it um, yeah. and, and talk about it. So I love what you're doing. I love your mission in the world and your community. So that's awesome. Thank you. Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule? If that's you, be sure to take my free class. In it, you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less, live more, and help more people than ever before. You can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free.